Amen, amen. For those that don't know me, my name is Sean Cleary. I'm one of the pastors here. You might have been coming here for a couple months and haven't seen me. So you might be like, who is this guy? <laughs> they let me go on sabbatical. And so after three months, you get to experience what God's talking to me about. <laughs> and so I'm going to be talking about some challenging things today. I am pretty sure... I am pretty sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm very positive actually, like I'm going to be talking about some things that some of you might be like, about, okay? And so I'm going to be talking about culture, but I want us to understand some things about culture because culture is one of those things that is baked into our experience and we really don't necessarily recognize our culture because we just live it every single day, Right? You understand what I mean by that? You know, like, like my house isn't super clean, right? Because we don't, we like, it's not dirty, but, you know, we got stuff. We, you know, someone shows up, yeah, we'll straighten up everything, right? Most of you are probably the same way, right? Right, so the culture of my house isn't like everything has a place and everything's in its place, right? And if it's out of its place, we make sure it goes back into its place. If that happened, all of a sudden I walked into my house and it was like that, I'd go, what, what happened? right? But I don't even notice it. I go at home, it's, it's home is home. I, I'm completely comfortable there. So cultures like that, you don't necessarily know what the culture is unless you start paying attention to it, because it just is what it is. Now, in America, we have culture that's changing. If you haven't figured this out, if, like, if this is news to you, then, then maybe you're like, wow, I never saw that, right? <laughs> right? But culture is changing dramatically fast. Now, if you are 20 years old right now, you might not see it. If you are like around 60, you dramatically, like you like, oh my, like this is nuts how fast things are changing. We do things now, like things are happening now that 10 years ago, we were like, no, this would never happen. We'd be like, that wouldn't happen. You know, now it's happening. Like, things are happening all the time now. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Now, because it's changing so fast, it's easy to see, right? Okay, so when culture, change, when there's, when culture is happening, right, there is political correctness that goes along with it. Now, if you agree with everything that is, when somebody comes along and you change it, I don't know what that was. Maybe I'm loose back here. Help me, Robbie. Save me. Like, you know when the, 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 the sound just went off earlier today? In the first song, if you, those are, you know, it just went boop, it stopped for a little while. I turned to, I turned to somebody and said, yep, I'm preaching today. <laughs> you know, one time I preached, the fire alarm was going off. Another time I out, you know. Do I need that? Probably. Robbie's like, yeah, take the mic. Okay, let's do this. Now I've, okay, now I can't talk as well because I lost one of my hands. Hello? Okay, it's been a long time since I preached with a mic, so i got to remember how to do this. So if you, like, if you can't hear me because I'm talking, right? <laughs> Don't hold it against me. So, where was I? <laughs> uh, yeah, political correctness. Like, so we notice political correctness. You can, you can see this, like, with comics. Like, if you, ever li you listen to different comics, right? The, the comics would say something, and then people get offended, right? So one of the cultures we have is you have the right to be offended. And if you get offended, feel free to cancel that person, right? You could do whatever you want because they offended you. That's part of our culture right now, right? When I was a kid, no, <laughs> it didn't matter. Like, you could say, you're offended, oh, well, get over it. Right? 
Everybody, like, everybody know what I'm talking about? The older people are like, yeah, that's what life was. That's part of the culture. That's a, that's a dangerous thing in culture. Do you know why? I wasn't even planning on saying this, but it's just like coming to me. It's a dangerous thing in culture. Because that applies an extreme amount of pressure for the culture that's trying to come in to push its way in. Because as long as you can't disagree with it, it becomes more and more part of the culture. So this is how, this is, this, I was asking God. So part of the reason why I'm on this is as I was taking the time off and I'm going to different churches and I'm working on the property and, you know, I'm going visiting different places, just, just doing stuff. And I'm not necessarily plugged into everything going on here, right? I started just looking at the culture of the country. And then God starts, God, God starts showing me cultures of churches. And I'm starting knowing, noticing the culture of church. And, the, and he's, he's really bringing this to my understanding. He's like, what, how is culture working? <sighs> And, and even in churches today, most churches, if I start talking about homosexuality, how's that going with you right now? When I said that, what was your response internally? Was it, oh, you know, oh, you know what I'm saying? We can't talk about that. Or I just not, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. Oh, I know somebody's here who might be struggling with it, right? Like, there's a pressure that happens inside of us when we start moving from the different stages into this where culture actually starts taking place like this. So it actually starts with tolerance. So for something new to come into my culture, I have to tolerate it, right? I don't have to accept it yet, but it's like, okay, it's happening, whatever. It's just part of life here now. Don't accept it, don't agree with it, whatever. But I am not going to rail against it. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not going to get up here and like talk about it with people, right? This is wrong. We shouldn't be operating this way. Whatever, right? But I tolerate it. Then it, then it moves into accept it. I accept it as possibly being true. And it's probably true. I don't agree with it for me. I don't really necessarily agree with it. But yeah, that could very well be true. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably not a bad thing, right? It moves into that stage. Individually. Because we're like, like, if we have enough of that individually, it becomes part of the culture, right? And you've got this group that they believe it 100%. Now, I've been talking about negative stuff, right? But this also goes for positive stuff. For good things to move in, works the same way. When I believe it, it actually starts coming out of me. Like, I'll engage with that. Right? So if it's, let's say it's a culture. Remember the uh, movement, uh, pa Pass It Forward? Remember that movement that kind of went through for a while and everybody's talking about passing it forward? You, you get blessed by somebody and you pass that blessing on forward, right? And that actually started becoming part of the culture, right? You know people believed it when they started doing it. You following me? Okay. So when I'm talking today, I want you to recognize something. We have political correctness in the church also. We have some things that we believe that if we start talking about it, it makes people uncomfortable, right? And, and because our culture right now, because our culture, and it has been this way for a while, is we don't want to offend people, the pressure that is applied by you to the speaker gives me permission or not permission, and or if I am not going to be swayed by that, I have to be willing, no matter what the resistance you give me, is to tell you what God's telling me. And I said it that way for a reason. Because I'm going to be talking about some stuff today. Some of you might be like, you know what? Oh, I don't like you saying that, Sean. I didn't pick the topic don't really want to talk about it because I think this is the greatest thing in the world to talk about, right? Because I'm like, woohoo, let's have fun today. Let's talk about this. Because I know it's going to be poking you in the eye. I know it is. Some of you, not at all. Some of you, it will. But my question for you is, do you understand what's going on internally? What's going on inside of you that's causing you to have that reaction? Because that's the issue. 
Because if what I'm saying is not true, it shouldn't bother you. If what I'm saying is true, you want it to bother you. If you don't want it to bother you, if you're like, if you tell me something I really is going to make me uncomfortable with and I can't hear it, there's something wrong with that. Because I'm not pushing anything on anybody. What I am going to do is I'm going to put it out there and are you okay with that? Or are we going to allow the culture that says, if you say anything I disagree with, I'm going to shut down because I can't hear anything I disagree with because that is part of our culture right now. Okay, so that being said, what do you think our greatest culture in this church is? The number one thing that rises to the top, this is the most important thing that we do whenever we get together. What is that? Do you know what that is? Because again, going back to like, most of us would be like, ah, that's a good question, Sean. I'm not really sure. That would be the response I would have had a while back if God wasn't talking to me about it. I can tell you what it's not. And it's also the thing that it needs to be, that it should be. The thing that it's not is that the, I have to experience the presence of God. The presence of God showing up in this house is the absolute most important thing. Okay? That is what it should be. But I can tell you, right, and I, this is, this, I'm going to start getting into where, like, this is where it's going to start poking the eye. I know it's not. Because week after week, right, we show up, we enjoy what we experience here, but we don't necessarily know how to enter into the presence of God. See, because for it to be our culture, it has to be enough of an individual people's culture, personally, in their lives. Not only do they accept it as being important, but they believe it enough for it to be their reality. Right? Now, I don't want you to feel like, 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 son, that's like, really? Yes. But the problem isn't what you think it is. Okay? I'm going to get into the solution to the problem that we're having. Right? But I need you to understand the problem first. And why it's a problem. So, the posture of the heart around this is this place that says, I need God so much. I am panting after him like water in the desert. Right? I need his presence. I need to experience him. I need him because I can't live without him. I am hungry for him above everything else, right? That's what it looks like. When we live in a world where we have all of our needs met, it makes it more challenging to be hungry for God. There's just, there's just something about it, right? It's just the way it is. But that's what it looks like. The this, this psalmist says, I thirst after God. Jesus said this. If you don't think this is important, this is what Jesus said. God's going to go back to Jesus. I got my scriptures too. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Everybody know the end? Someone say it. For they will be filled. See, for us to be full, we have to hunger. If you don't hunger, you can't get full. That's not the way it works. This isn't like going to your favorite steakhouse and they put a platter in front of you where you can eat as much as you want and it just shows up. You don't have to do a thing. Right? There is a requirement for hunger. Because what he wants to give you you don't really want. Not really. 
We don't. You know why we don't? Herein lies the problem. Because we know that when we come in contact with this, it's going to transform us, which means there are some things that we might have to give up, some thinking that we have to change, some things that we do, that we, and we like that stuff. We know that stuff. That's our life. That's what we're comfortable with. Right? And we inherently know it. We don't even have to move into that place where he tells us. We just know it. And we know it's not going to be comfortable. That's why hunger is required. But listen to what he said here in Matthew 6, But seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Do you know why? This is me getting real. I love new life, not blasting it or anything. But if you think we are where we're supposed to be, you do have no idea where God wants to take us. And it doesn't, this doesn't apply to our church. This applies to every church. Right? Our experience is here. God's like, I've designed this for you. Right? But you have to seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will come. That's the way it works. Okay? Now, give you an example of my own life. The reason why I'm able to operate at the level you see me operate up here, right, is because, I'll say it the way Dwayne, I've been walking around the sun with Jesus for a long time. If you would have seen me 10 years ago, that version of me wasn't where this version is because I've grown. If you go 10 years before that, you wouldn't think this version's even going to show up. Why? Because I've grown. But you know what the growing was that got me here? It wasn't showing up on Sunday. It wasn't showing up the small group. It wasn't spending time in prayer. But it was, but it wasn't. It was spending time in his presence. See, what I learned to do is that I, I, I knew I had to like spend the time in his presence because in the time I spend in his presence, that's where everything comes from. What happens when you get in the presence of God? How many people here, like, and I need you to, ra- I, I need you to raise your hands because I want the people that haven't experienced know that they can experience because other people have experienced it. So this is a form of political correctness. I'm applying pressure to them. How many people have been in a service where the power of God was so strong you couldn't stand up? It took you, like, time just to recover from it. Okay, those that haven't experienced it, I want you to know, you can experience it. It happens. Right? So the last really big one where, I mean, I was laid out. I received revelation and understanding and challenges from God at a level that I hadn't received before. He uses that time to do things. When I spend time in his presence getting ready for this, it's not the same thing. There are sovereign moves of God when God just moves. He just, I mean, he's like, okay, I'm moving, and it's going to be like a bulldozer. And you're just like, wow, okay, wow. That was like, I've had times where he's hit me so hard. I'm like, you need to stop. I can't survive this much longer. Right? Like, it can be that way. But the times I'm getting ready for this, I'm experienced presence, and I'm getting revelation. He's showing me things. He's showing me things. It's like, here, it, it, communicate it this way. Like, this is how you need to, like, you cannot. I'm, he started, he's even talking to me about, like, you cannot worry about what they think. If they don't like it, I'm, he's like, I can't change this because they don't like it. This is who I am. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I've designed for him, right? I, I can't change it. He's like, you need to be bold and courageous around this stuff. You know, and, and so I'm hoping nobody walks out. I really am. But if you do, I'm going to be like, okay, God, that's, a, that's on you. 
right? I am not going to let you hurt my feelings over that. But Matthew knows, my son knows, my wife knows, right? I'm not contrary to people just to be contrary to them. Like, hey, let's get an argument about stuff. Let me poke you in the eye because, you know what, my opinion, let's do that. I want, I want you to feel bad. I'm like, that's not how I roll. I'm pretty agreeable, right? It's uncomfortable to be disagreeable. But that's what this is sometimes. It's, it's a bit disagreeable because I'm setting up for you to disagree with me, Okay? You need God. You need to be in the presence of God. I'm going to take it one step further. You need to be full of God. Because everything comes from it. If you are looking to overcome in your life, I would question how much time you spend in the presence of God. Because the more time you spend in the presence, the more you're going to get revelation about the thoughts and the beliefs that you have that are fighting against you, that that's the spiritual battle you're in. But you keep losing the battle because you think it's something else. Why? Because you haven't heard from God. And the enemy keeps steamrolling you, and you don't know how to stop it. Why? Because the answer's in the presence of God. Growth comes in the presence of God. If you're looking for joy, it comes in the presence of God. If you're looking for peace, it comes in the presence of God. Is, I don't know, does anybody think of anything that you're going to get that comes from heaven that doesn't come from the presence of God? I don't know what that is. I seriously don't. Everything comes in his presence. You mature in his presence. See, you can come to new life for 20 years. That doesn't make you mature. It makes you old. Maturity in Christ comes from time spent in his presence. Now, when I say presence, it is synonymous with his spirit. Because even if you look it up, like in the English language, presence and spirit are actually synonyms of each other. Right? It is connection to his spirit. It is like an oven. I'm stealing this from Bob Hemp. Those who know Bob Hemp know him. That's why I had to say it, give him credit for it. Otherwise, I could get away with it. Just pretend it's mine. It's like an oven, and cookie dough. See, when, when, when you come to God and you get filled with the Spirit, you're like, you're a cookie now. But you're cookie dough. Cookie dough's not a cookie. There's no crunch to it, right? You get it out of the oven, the little chocolate pieces, they're not melting in your mouth, right? They're just all gooey. It's all a little bit together, Right? It's only a cookie after it spends time. The more time it spends, it's a cookie. But in reality, it's already a cookie. It just hasn't been cooked yet. Right? So your identity is a cookie, but the fulfillment of your identity doesn't come until you spend time in the oven. That's where maturity comes from. Right? You spend time in the presence of God, the maturity you're looking for will come. There is one caveat, though. There is one thing that needs to happen that is completely on your part that has nothing to do with God. You have to be willing to follow. You have to be willing to die. You have to be willing to let him have his way. You have to be willing to give up what you want. You have to be willing to agree with him when he doesn't agree with you. Right? That's the only way it works, and that's the part we don't like. So because we don't like that, we don't necessarily want to spend time in the oven. It's hot. Who wants to be in the heat? I don't. I know. I'm out there working in my property, right? What, t 12 o'clock, I'm going, okay, it is time to go home. I, I can't take much more of this. It's hot out here. You guys, I worked a little bit with construction guys working out in the summertime. My hat, if I had a hat, I would take it off to you, right? You guys are awesome, okay? Men. <laughs> they are men. Men. You had a couple women out there too, but it's like, ooh, that is a tough job. Nobody wants to do that. How many people right now, you're all lining up to go work, do that job? Why? Because it's hard. You're freezing in the wintertime. You're boiling in the summertime. Nobody likes it. That's why the, when, it, when, it talks about, when Paul talks about we die daily, how many people get up in the morning like, yay, I get to die today? That's why we avoid time in his presence. Okay, 
things pop into my head, and I'll just go with it. Nobody is going to accuse me of being a gym rat, right? Gym rat. Like, hanging out at the gym. Right? You're not looking at Sean and go, that guy, he works out all the time. You know why? <laughs> it's work. <laughs> right? I, I just, it's just, like, I will go, I will put plumbing in. I will even dig ditches, like, on a project I am working on. I do not have a problem. You know, I do have a little more muscle now, just so you know. Right? Because I've been out there digging ditches. Right? I'll do that because it has purpose. Like, there is purpose in that. I'm getting somewhere. It's creating something. I've got a reason. Right? But working just to work? At picking up heavy things? It doesn't float my boat. How many of us avoid going after God because we're afraid of what he's going to tell us? How many of us avoid it because we're afraid that we can't live up to a standard? How much of us avoid because we're ashamed of what we did stupid? How much, how much of us, like, how many of us, it's just because, <sighs> I don't expect it to be, I don't expect to get anywhere because I've tried it before and I haven't gotten anywhere. And there is all kinds of things that are keeping us from doing this. And I'm telling you, none of them come from God. None of them. All of them are things that the enemy has successfully helped us to believe. And because we have doctrines in the church that work against us. So here we go. You ready for that part I was talking about? This was the easy stuff. Yay. I'm going to talk about two doctrines that are ubiquitous in the American church. It's probably ubiquitous all over the place, but I haven't been there, so I don't know. There is a doctrine going around that we've believed for a long time that says when you believe, you get the Holy Ghost. There's another doctrine going around that says being filled with the Spirit isn't necessary for salvation. Those two doctrines make it really easy for us to say, it's not, going, it's not worth going lifting those weights because I don't really need it. Because there are preachers, big time, fully gifted, I mean, amazing. They got the Holy Ghost. They got anointing on them. But because of political correctness, because of the doctrines that have already existed, we don't want to say that. And in doing so, that's one of the reasons why we have the problem we have right now. So I want to give you some scripture. I want, I want to show you something of why those two cannot be true. They, they cannot be true. And, and let, me, let me backtrack just a little bit on, on salvation. I do not define salvation as I believe now I get to go to heaven. Okay? And I know that's the way it's presented. It's an oversimplification. I understand that. But that's the basic crux of the way it's presented. I believe I get to go to heaven. I am not talking about going to heaven. I am talking about becoming who you're designed to be. Right? Jesus died on the cross so that you could be full of the Spirit. He didn't come to die on the cross. That wasn't why he came. That was the first battle of the winning the war. The winning the war for you is when you are full of the Holy Ghost and you're able to walk in your identity. That's what he died for. You couldn't get that unless he died. He needed to die so that Pentecost could come. He died during the feast of Passover, and the Spirit of God was poured out on the next feast of Pentecost. He fulfilled the scriptures in that he brought us back to unity with him. We get to have him inside of us now. That's why he died. 
That's why it's part of salvation. I'm not, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost yet, and you're moving after God, and, and you die, look at, I don't have a theology for that. He's God. I am sure he does, right? What my opinion, you come to me, Sean, but what if I'm not saved right now? Don't worry about it. Just keep moving towards God. His desire for your life is to be full of the Holy Ghost. If I tell you you're saved right now and I give you a reason why you don't have to go on and get the Holy Ghost, how am I helping you exactly? How is that doctrine helping you have faith that, you know what, God's designed me to be full? And for some people, it is a battle. Some people struggle with making that transition into being filled with the Spirit. How does that help you exactly? So that you can feel better in the moment? You see what I'm saying? If it, in turn, wipes out a whole bunch of people and say, I don't really need the Holy Ghost now because I'm saved. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? I can tell you why. Because the history of the church that we know came out of the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church didn't believe that. And so the Protestants that came out of it, the Lutherans, the Episcopals, right, they didn't believe that. Right? And you move on and you move on. And then supposedly, the beginning of it happened when the Holy Ghost got poured out like on Azusa Street and stuff like that. Right? And that's our history that we know. I know that there's a different history. This is where I'm going to blame Dwayne. I, I had this book, right? And I lent it to Dwayne. And I didn't ask for it back quick enough. And it disappeared. Right? But this was the coolest thing. This, this guy did research in the archives of the, of the uh, Vatican, and he discovered that in every single century, there was a Holy Ghost-filled church that the Catholics persecuted and wiped out. Okay? I am not knocking the Catholics. Catholics today, I know most of them, they are trying to get a hold of God. Right? Other doctrines, we could talk about that later. Right? But what I'm telling you is there has always been a church that is full of the Holy Ghost. It didn't just show up a couple centuries ago. He's always had a people. Why? Because that's what he does. And he wants to do that for you. So we're going to look at Acts. If you never read the story in Acts 8, I'm going to give you some uh, uh, beginning stuff first. This is the story of uh, what happened in Samaria. So Philip, if you don't know who Philip is, Philip was a deacon, got picked, right? One of the magnificent seven. Right? These guys were fired up and powerful. Okay? Had no problem showing up with the goods. Okay? So he goes to Samaria. Samaria is a town, and it's also a region. So if you look on a map of Israel, right, you have Jerusalem, which is in the lower portion that was called Judea. In the middle, they had Samaria, which is the region, and above that was Galilee. So when you see Jesus cruising around in the Bible, he passes through Samaria, the story of the good Samaritan, right? There are some roads that you would take depending on where you're going, right? Samaria was basically directly north straight through from Jerusalem if you're going to go over to Galilee. So Holy Ghost poured out the Jews in the Jerusalem area. They are just having a time, right? Thousands of people coming to Jesus. Spirit of God being poured out all over the place, right? Philip heads over to Samaria. He starts preaching, right? Holy Ghost, bam, they were experiencing it. You know how you know? And they had miracles. It says miracles, signs and wonders. He's preaching the kingdom of God, right? If that happened right now, like if we were having service and we had miracles going on right now, we would all like, man, the Holy Ghost is poured out here, right? Back up the truck. Beep, beep, beep. That's not what it says. Verse 12. 
But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself, don't worry about Simon, I'm not going to really talk about him, believed, believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip. They were astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. Next verse. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard about Samaria, had accepted the word of God, right? They accepted the word of God. It's not talking about the Bible, right? It was preaching who Jesus was. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. Hold it right there. You know how far Samaria was from Jerusalem? It's 50 miles. 50 miles. Did you just think about this? If you got word that another church had ne- like this other place experienced Jesus and they had miracles going on, signs and wonders, people getting baptized in Jesus' name, right? And you were an elder in the church. Would you walk 50 miles? You know how far that is for us? Because we ain't going to walk. We're going to drive. It's like driving from here on 10 to the Atlantic Ocean. If you walk a 20-minute mile, it's going to take you 16 hours of walking. You burn out. That's harder than driving. And not only do you got to walk to get there, now you're over there. You can't take a plane back. You got to walk your tail back over again. Why would you walk if it wasn't absolutely necessary? If you didn't love those people so much that you know what? I will walk for two days in two directions, spend some time with them to make sure that they receive the Spirit of God if it wasn't absolutely important. Listen to what happens. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus. And when Peter and John placed their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. So the next question I'm going to ask you, how did they know? How did they know they didn't have it? How did they know they did have it? How did the guy know? Because this guy is like, okay, hey, I'm heading to Jerusalem, right? It took at least two days for them to get word. So they got the, the this revival's been going on for three, at least three days now, right? At a minimum. And the guy that comes from Samaria to Jerusalem is like, hey, you need to go. They haven't received the Holy Ghost yet, but God's moving. How did he not, how did he know they hadn't received it? Do you have the answer? Because the doctrine that says, well, you just get it when you believe, that can't be true. You can't have that truth and this reality existing at the same time. Unless you can tell me how that works. Remember I told you I was going to be very like, bink. So could it be that we don't believe the way they believed? Could it be that we have doctrines that we've been told that don't line up to the reality that God has provided for? Could it be that's the problem we're struggling against? What if we were like, okay, you know what? I recognize that we've had theologians in the church, people of great renown, highly educated, right, that have explained this stuff and given us a reason why this is like it is. But could it be the reason why they did that because they did everything they knew to do and their reality didn't reach this. So it must be something wrong with this. So I'll bring the doctrine down to my reality because I don't know how to bring my reality up to the doctrine. Everybody should be like, yeah, that makes sense. I do it all the time. Right? That's what we do as humans. Things don't go the way we, th- we think it should go. We got to figure out a reason for it. That must be why. Doesn't mean it's true, but we believe it. So where does that leave us? 
Now that you guys are like, oh, Sean, I'm bleeding. Help. We have been designed for so much more than we recognize. We have been given something that we absolutely can have. And I I need you to hear this. You are designed to be full of the Spirit. See, because we get filled. Now that we're filled, right, you get filled. Like when you get filled with the Spirit, you are going to know it. Right? People around you are going to know it. Why? Because if I stuck my tongue in a light socket, you would know it. I would know it. Everybody around me would know it. Right? You're probably going to speak in tongues. Okay? <laughs> I didn't catch that when I said it, but yeah. <laughs> If you have a problem with that, could it be that's the reason why you haven't been filled yet? Just, just throwing it out there. Maybe if you can't lose control, maybe that's why. You're afraid of that happening. I don't want to be like those kooky people. There's a couple of us in here, you know. I don't want to be like those kooky people. So I better maintain control. How's that working for you exactly? Experiencing any power lately? You overcoming things in your life? You growing? Could it be the reason why is because you keep telling God, no. I'm too dignified for you, God. I told you I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. Like this is me unvarnished. This is what I'm thinking what I don't say usually. Right? It's why, like, it's us. We are the problem. Some of you are struggling. Some of you are struggling, right? And you've been, after year after year, you've been going after God, like, and the enemy has successfully convinced you, like, something is wrong with you. And it, you are disheartened. You're beat up. Like, I don't understand, right? And what do you think the enemy's doing? He is working against your hope and expectation that this is for you. Because there's probably something that you need to overcome. There, like if you're not forgiving somebody and God's He's trying to convict you of forgiveness, you need to forgive. And you're like, no, this person doesn't deserve forgiveness, and you just move on in your mind. Anytime He wants to talk to you about that, I, I can't hear it because you are so hurt, so hurt by them. And they probably should be in jail, if not the death penalty. Right? There are some rise to that level. I understand. Right? I. I Stop. I understand. Right? But if he's talking to you about forgiveness, you are free to tell him no all you want, but you can't get this and tell him no. This is the dying part. Right? But anything that keeps that hope, like, like shame, for those of you that struggle in your life and you're doing things in the darkness and you're like, I, oh, man, I wish my life wasn't like this, but I get into these zones and it just, when I get pulled into it, it just hammers me. And I feel shame around that. Do you know what the solution is? The presence of God. He's not going, yeah, that's too bad. I can't, can't work with that. You know, I died for everybody else's stuff, but your stuff, that's just too much. Like, that's exactly what he died for. He's like, that's why I came, Right? You, you think I came for the people make it, that had it easier and they went in and they connected to me and they didn't really go through anything tough, right? You, you think that. No, I did that too, but them were, it was easy to work with them. Like, I came to do that because there's nothing you can do that he didn't die for except blaspheme the Holy Ghost. If you want to tell the Spirit of God, no, Spirit of God, you're wrong. You know more than the Spirit of God. Feel free. He cannot work with that. There's nothing he can do about that because you are the one that's choosing it. See, the problem isn't God. The problem is our will. The problem is our desires. 
The problem is our beliefs. The problem is the way the enemy has successfully just strung the stuff together to keep us from receiving what we've been promised. And how do we find that place where it says, you know what? You've promised me this. This is why you died. All the other stuff I've already received by being connected to you is awesome stuff. But this, all of this other stuff wasn't meant to be without being full of him. That I am designed to be full of him and the enemy can keep trying to keep me from it. But if I will be willing to submit to anything you say, anything you want, whatever that is, I will go with you. I will do whatever. Whatever you think your biggest fear is about what God might ask you, be willing to say yes. I would be hard pressed to believe that you're not going to get the Holy Ghost. But it's the hard, the hard thing is saying yes to him. He wants you to have it. He died for you to have it. He's constantly probing you. Why do you think you feel conviction when you do? Every time you start getting close to him, you feel conviction and you turn away from that. Why do you think you feel the conviction? Because he's knocking on your door. He wants you. He does not, not what you do, not your stuff. He wants you. When he has you, everything else will come with it. I'm going to read you Luke 11, 11. So which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you were evil, know how to get good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He is a good God. He is giving you good things. And all the resistance that you have, everything that's keeping you in that struggle from receiving, that's spiritual warfare. That's the thing that he wants you to overcome, to press through and not allow yourself to be pushed down and beat up, to lose hope, to not have faith. He wants you to be in that place where you are, I am designed for this. And just because I haven't received it today doesn't mean I'm not going to receive it tomorrow because he's going to show me my own heart. He's going to reveal to me what's keeping me from coming into that union with him. He's going to reveal to me where my heart's at, and if there's something in my heart that's not connecting to him that what needs to, you're going to show me. That's what he's doing. That's what his desire is for you. That's what your place is. That's where your ability is. That's your part. And when we are full of the Spirit, you might have had been filled with the Spirit years ago, and somehow, like, you just lost that place of being full for so long, you don't know what it's like to be full again. It's the same issue. There is something you're just not opening the door to that he wants you to be full. And when we're full, when we get full, I want you to hear this. When we get full, people will walk through that door and they will start being filled. We will see people get filled on a regular basis. But there is a responsibility that we have as those that call themselves a church, and I'm not talking about you that don't have the Holy Ghost right now, I'm talking about to those who do. This thing doesn't work unless we are full. Because we bring him here on Sunday. We're designed to be able to, to in our week, walk with him and experience him so that we're full, that when we show up on Sunday, we're not coming here to get full. We're, we've already been walking with him in such a way that we bring the presence with us. And when we get together, it's like throwing extra fogs in the, logs in the fire. 
two logs can start a fire. When two or three are gathered, I will be in the midst. You throw a hundred of them together, it starts getting pretty hot. Okay? He will show up when we show up dry. But if our wood's wet, it doesn't really work. But when we show up the way we're designed in the authority that we have with the expectation, God will show up and people will be filled. It'll be like that week after week after week, as long as we can keep stepping into his presence and saying yes. So with that, if you want more, I would suggest just getting out of your seat for the sake of doing something other than sitting down where you always sit. But get out, do some response. If you're not ready for that, it is perfectly okay. But let this, let this ruminate with you and ask God, God, what is it that I'm designed to believe, to expect, to hope for so that I can actually step into this the way I'm designed? So they're going to play some music. We're going to sing. We're going to worship some more. And for those that want to take that opportunity, please do. If you're a guest here, I hope this blessed you. I hope this had something for you. You know, if you need to go, we understand. But we do want to make sure we always give space for him. So you all are awesome. Be blessed. Be who you're designed to be. Go ahead and stand to your feet because nobody's moving. We got these cues, like, you know, we have expectations and stuff. So, yeah. Have your way, God.